0: All right. So welcome to this recording. This is a series that we're doing with the promotion playbook. And this series is called stories from the summit. It's where I'm interviewing people who have been successful with promotional tests and passing off the knowledge that they would share with anybody looking to be successful with a promotion. My guest today is my blood cousin, Dylan Lee. And, uh, it's cool because we got to grow up together and, um, used to play football at our grandma's house and have a lot of um, neat memories growing up. And then uh, he ended up going to the fire service. So he works down in uh, Northwest Fire, just outside of Tucson. Our other cousin works for Phoenix Fire. And then I probably mentioned before is my brother works up in Flagstaff. So we've got Flagstaff covered. I work in Sedona currently. Um, Our cousin Derek is in Phoenix and then Dylan is down in Tucson. So it's kind of a neat network that we have in the state of Arizona for all of us going into the fire service. And so Dylan just took a um, promotional test. What was it like a little over two years ago, almost two years? It was, it was about
1: 17 months. It was September of the previous year. So so yeah, 17 months.
0: Uh, okay. okay. So, um, so the cool thing is, so ideally um, after the test is when I'm gonna try and capture these because that's when everything's fresh. And um, you know they're, they're done with the test; they have all the stuff. But Dylan just got the phone call last week that he got his promotion, so he is now referred to formally as Captain Lee with the Northwest Fire District. And if you have the promotion playbook, I've used a quote from him on it, and um, it's it's really neat to have you and uh, to see your your success with this test. So um, that being said, Dylan, if you want to just give a quick introduction for anybody listening or watching, sure. Uh, my name is Dylan
1: Lee. Uh, officially captain now uh, with Northwest Fire District. Uh, I started with Northwest Fire District in 2005. Um, I had a little bit of previous experience prior to that. I um, did two seasons as a wildland firefighter um, up in Sedona, and then I was a reserve with Rio Rio Rico Fire um, down near Nogales for about six months before I got picked up with Northwest. I uh, spent about a year and a half in the firefighter position and then I promoted to paramedic and I was a paramedic for a little over 13 years uh, when, with Northwest. Um, so coming up this April, I'll have a total of 16 in, the in the pension. Nice. Uh, just worked my first shift yesterday as a first day as a captain. So it went well.
0: All right. Good. Yeah, that's right. Rio Rico. I remember when you started there. That's...
1: yeah. Seems like ages ago.
0: Right. Yeah, well, good. So um, we'll keep it focused towards your promotional test, and um, we're okay. going to have three questions. So the first question is going to be what worked, then what didn't work, and then um, and then anything else that you want to share, like the top top things that you would pass on. So we'll start off first. Is it um, in preparation for your test? What what were the things that worked well for you? So um,
1: it was kind of a cool deal. Um, I'm really fortunate at Northwest Fire. Um, having talked with my other three cousins, I didn't realize um, how fortunate I was, but we actually have a captain certification program, um, which helps us prepare. Um, in fact, it's a requirement to test for captain. Um, so that was probably when I had signed up for that was when I first started talking with Josh about it. And that this is when he mentioned the promotional playbook. So I, I was able to get a head start, um, that often people don't get. Um, but once I completed that that class, then I had about a two to three month period of getting prepared for the test. And so once you kind of finish the class, you're on your own. And that's when me and Josh really started working together. And the most, I, I wanna say probably the best thing was it kept me really organized and focused on the most important things. A lot of times you can get wrapped up in worrying about, um, you know, maybe just the written tests or maybe just the, the oral board or the tactical. And this got me focused that I was spending enough time on each one and it allowed me to set goals. And the thing is, is once you set goals and you acknowledge those goals with other people, it makes you hold yourself accountable. So Josh was willing to put in the time to help me, so I knew every morning if if I didn't do the work that I was supposed to do, not only was I letting myself down, I wasn't being true sure to the process, but I was letting other people down too, and um, one of the really cool things that that Josh did for me was he set up a, uh, a Facebook Live group, and uh, he asked that I do two oral board answers every single day on that, which is nerve wracking. I mean, a lot of people in the group I had never met before, but they were all encouraged to, to watch my answers and, and give feedback. And, and that was huge. I mean, being accountable to them, hearing their feedback. Um, a lot of times in what I've seen, um, some of the guys that didn't pass my promotion or the uh, test was they never got outside their own station. So they got the feedback from their captain and their crew members um, but they weren't getting any other feedback. They weren't getting any other eyes or ideas on, um, some of the things that they could improve on. And so that was extremely helpful. Um, and again, just, I even have a picture that I saved. Um, that was kind of my, my, um, goal, you know, I was 90 days out or whatever it was. And I had all these benchmarks that I wanted to hit and, uh and the promotional playbook absolutely, you know, helped me um, hit all those goals, but also stay focused. Cause overall the whole testing process is overwhelming. Um, and especially if you do it the right way, um, you know, I took a lot of time away from my family and you're, especially when you get to these um, you know, the rank of captain or, or above, you're really putting yourself out there and you don't want to go in and, and give a poor performance because it looks bad on you it shows that you didn't prepare um so just having all these benchmarks these these little things that i could do every single day that kept me from getting overwhelmed about the entire process um i'd be hard-pressed to think of anything that didn't actually really work out very well for me i mean i i got promoted so obviously it worked (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah
1: um In fact, I mean, again, just having the daily tasks, I think, was the most important thing from becoming overwhelmed in the entire process. So I can't really say anything that didn't really work out well for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, good. So let me just, um, I'm going to kind of restate back some of the things you said, just to emphasize, there's really some key points I want to make sure that those listening um, understand. And also just to make sure I heard you correctly with, with you saying it is like, I think one of the biggest benefits that you mentioned was having that captain certification program. Like for for a lot of departments, it can be a gap in terms of people want to promote, but there's not really a great um, system in place for it. Maybe some have great, um, great ones in place. And I I think um, it's that's really good to bring up because um, and then you so you mentioned that that program, that program was like 360 hours, wasn't it?
1: It was a lot. Um, It was, gosh, yeah, it was probably around that. It it was a lot of work.
0: I remember you told me that and I was like, man, that's an intensive course. And it's really cool that they they set it for you to do it because that took you like, it was over the summer, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I believe I started in May and finished the first week of August. And, um, And, you know, our department really sets it up. It's for people that really want it because they don't give you the time off to do it. So I think I ended up oh. earning about 160 hours of my own PTO just to be there. Oh. Um, but the class, I mean, was, was really good and was a huge benefit and advantage that I have over, you know, those departments that don't offer that.
0: Yeah. And what was the structure? Wasn't it like five days a week or something like that?
1: Yeah. So it's five days a week, eight hours a day, class days every day, which is super fun in Tucson during the summertime. <laughs> um, but you know so we do blue cards so that was the first part we had to do the blue card on our own which if anybody's familiar is 50 hours and it's 50 hours they time everything and then the first um, three days all we did was SimLab tacticals to get us our blue card certification and then going forward um, my instructor is really big on leadership so um, he got a couple um, books that he um, really liked about leadership so that would be be our homework you know it wasn't just class we had homework every night sweet read and we spent about the first two hours every morning discussing those leadership books and, and key points and things like that and for me that was probably the most beneficial of, of everything
0: right. um, but then
1: of course we're getting state certified in um fire officer one and two so we have to do the book work and things like that and then generally in the afternoons um we might do some more tactical stuff or if we had to get into, um, you know, safety officer or or what, you know, whatever, um, we were doing, um, for the rest of the day.
0: Right. Yeah, that's really good. And there's, there's some, there's some important distinctions from doing that is that like a lot of times people go to take promotional tests and they don't understand the magnitude of what they're going for. I know from my experiences, when I took my first captain's test several years ago, um, I kind of went into it just thinking, I was like, ah, you know, I understand the job. Um, I'm, I'm busy and I'm involved with the department. I'm involved with projects. And, uh, I'm just going to go through this test and I'm going to get through it because of my experience and my education or whatever, but it wasn't real. It wasn't specifically focused towards the test. And I had one of the, um, somebody I interviewed, um, that I work with in Sedona. His name is uh, Eric Lewis. He's a captain. And he's helped a lot of guys, including myself. And, um, he told me, he's like, you know what? I applied for paramedic school and, um, they said I couldn't get in because he was an engineer. And at the time they didn't give him one of the slots. And he said, well, instead of going to paramedic school, I'm just going to focus all that time towards preparing for captain. And then he tested number one. And I was like, it was kind of a, a, a light bulb for me. Cause I was realizing like, man, you, you take on paramedic school and you know that your life is going to be consumed for the next nine months or however long your course is, But, um, you go to test for promotion and a lot of times guys don't um, commit that amount of time, the money, the, the effort towards it. And so I think it's really uh, for you doing that course set a great foundation and to have that formally is a really great thing. So I guess for the listeners, like realize it's, if you want to be successful, it's going to take a good amount of time, um, money and energy, or time, money and effort uh, committed to the process, specifically towards the process and developing for not just the process, but the role, taking on that role. And then the other pieces you mentioned, so you had that, but then there was this gap in between of like, how do I stay focused on this? And I think that's why uh, that's how the design of of the whole promotion playbook and all this stuff is uh, is structured, is that this if all you do is read the promotion playbook and go and take your test, you're not going to do well. It's more designed as like a, a framework and a structure to follow. And then you fill that framework in with all the stuff that's relevant for your test. So the things like the daily focus, the uh, um, the accountability with others, some of the other programs I'm doing to where I get people in these Facebook groups and you get the repetition doing oral board answers. Um, all that stuff is designed to set up um, to support your test, not not, um, not to take away from it. So I think I I want to make sure that that point is clear is that a lot of most of the work that you should be doing should be relevant towards your position. Um, And then the promotion playbook is just something to add, um, add to it and to support that outcome.
1: Absolutely. Um, And so, you know, the difference for me with paramedic school versus testing for captain was, you know, I I tested and got into the class and then it was basically set up. I mean, you go to class and you the framework is already there you just show up and do the work whereas uh the captain you know and I was fortunate to have the class but you know after after the class is done and I had the two or three months where I had to prepare myself there's no framework and um having that you know in the promotional playbook was I mean that was the game changer for me and and probably why I, I was more successful than a lot of guys that didn't pass
0: oh cool yeah, because there, there's guys that took that class, um, that same captain's class, but then didn't do well on the test, right?
1: Um, there was only two people. My class was seven people, and only two of us passed. Wow. And then one of them got fired <laughs> before we got <laughs> um, Well, the so, one that got
0: fired yeah. tested pretty good, though, right? Yeah, he was, so... um
1: was 14 people that tested five of us passed i was four he was five um so the the other three that finished one two and three of course had already been through the class but they had already been through a testing process so we were the only two that um actually succeeded in our first attempt at the test
0: wow wow that's cool that's good to know so um yeah, so I, I guess the other piece is like, is like um, it can be overwhelming and a big part of, of this concept that one of the themes with the promotion playbook is like this proven path to your promotion and and part of that is just a small daily, um, daily steps to keep you focused. It's not designed to be a, um, you know, to cram. There may be days when you cram, but it's like it's more important just to have that consistency than it is to just overwhelm yourself and um, not remain consistent. Right. OK, so we'll go on to the next question. I think that's really helpful. Um, the next question is, um, what is something that did not work or maybe a failure, a setback, or something you experienced in your during the process or during your path on, on this road to your promotion?
1: Uh, you know, the irony is, I think the one thing that I probably did more than anything um, based on this was um, my interview. And I think, I mean, All the other parts of the test are kind of, can you pass it or not? But the interview is really important um, because they want to know who you are, and that was a big, um, you know. I had very standard answers before starting this process. You know, I was, for lack of a better term, my idea was to kind of kiss the department's butt, right? Uh, And but none of my answers um, let them know who I was how I would be in a position, and so that was a real um, mind shift, and then really, um, you know, Josh really encouraged me to open up and share more personal experiences, and whether they were bad or good, relate them how to how that um, helped me grow as a human being, and how I'll take that to the position I'm testing for, and the funny thing is, is when I was practicing, the thing I was the worst at was the role play, and I actually think I probably finished best like that was my best um area once the test once we actually were in the testing process. And I felt like I kind of um maybe almost got too comfortable with the interview. And I kind of left that feeling like I could have um done it a little bit better. And I honestly think that was probably um from everything I heard the you know the difference in points from one to four, you know, was minuscule. So having done a little bit better. Um, on my interview, which I thought going in, <laughs> I was really comfortable, maybe a little too comfortable. Um, other than that, I thought everything, um, you know, again, I can't say that pretty much everything was beneficial. I, I, I don't have anything bad to say about the process at all.
0: Oh, okay. Um, I think you bring up a good point as the role play, because that was something you said you were nervous about. So, um, what did you learn that, that, so that was the thing you scored the highest in as a role play? So when,
1: ironically, if you pass the test, then they never give you your scores. If you oh. fail, you get to go in and figure out what you didn't do well on. Oh. Um, it was just the one that when I left it, I felt that I really nailed it. Yeah. And I, I kind of got some immediate feedback from uh, one of the proctors that he let me know that I did really well. Oh. Um, so, this was a big um, thing for me that I had to learn throughout the process was as in the role play, I would go into him on what I thought a captain should do. Oh, and I didn't really straight stay true to my personality. And I did, um, I I would go up and again, I hit on this earlier, getting outside help. Um, So I actually scheduled it with other crews rather than just my own. And, I'll be perfectly honest. The three that I did, I didn't do very good. And my feedback from all three of them was Dylan, everybody knows you in this department. They know your personality, stay true to who you are and you're going to do fine. Cause I I was trying to act outside of my role. Oh yeah. Kind of with the impression of maybe what they were expecting rather than who I was actually going to be as a captain. Right. And so when I actually got to the, the testing, I just interacted with the crew as I would. Um, it was kind of like some computer work um, at, at the beginning, kind of like an inbox, trying to figure out what's the mo- most important for the day, realizing I have to have some conversations with my crew because uh, not completing reports or things like that. But I, I stayed true to myself and talked to them just like I would if I was at the station. And then we had a angry citizen come in and complain about a call at the end and um, just stayed really true to how I would actually interact with you know somebody from the public if they were upset with us and uh, that went really well but had I not learned that through this entire process I would have bombed it for sure
0: oh that's really good so what I heard what I heard you share is that like you you knew that this was something you had to um get ready for and then you, you um, you'd mentioned this before also is the importance of getting feedback from uh, as many people as possible Yeah, and, and seeking out other crews and not just having, you know, just one person that you're listening to. And so I think that's a good thing to really bring up is, is seek out um, other people that get it from or, or get feedback and stuff like that from as many, as many people as possible, given um, those people have a track record of a good track yeah. record because not everybody's opinion is going to matter in this process. Like you could go to people who, who don't have a track record of, I made, I made the mistake early on where I ran asking people that tested, but didn't necessarily test well about assessment centers. And they gave me advice, but it didn't really help. And so, um, I think getting as many opinions as possible, given that the opinion is coming from a good source is really great. And that's
1: absolutely true. Um, so the crews that I sought out were crews, um, you know where I really respected the captains; they had all tested really well, uh, and then it was really cool because um, they even uh, scheduled battalion chiefs to be in on the assessment too. Oh, cool! Um, so I was able to get their feedback, and um, but yeah, huge, huge point: seek out the people that you know have either tested well or uh, that you have a high opinion of that you know
0: do well in the job. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other piece of that, which I think is really, um, really key is you said, stay true to who you are. And I can totally relate to that because um, there's kind of this facade of how you think a a captain should be or how you're supposed to show up to the role. And sometimes we get, and I think it also, um, it ties in not just to the test, but also into leadership is that everybody kind of has a unique leadership style and for organization to really thrive, um, going to have a um, diversity it touches on this topic of diversity and and how it applies towards um your personality and your strengths and your gifts it's like if every if every captain was exactly the same then it wouldn't you wouldn't be able to connect with the diversity of people that were called to serve and to manage um in an organization and so um you know for me the role play for me too was a little bit challenging because i was like man some of the feedback I had. And I think I remember talking to you about it too, is like, you're like, man, I'm, a, I might be a little bit too laid back, um, in my temperament. Cause you're not like a, a real authoritarian type leader. You're like kind of more, um, you know, relational and working things mm-hmm. out in conversations. And, um, I see this sometimes people go into role play that don't necessarily have that like aggressive, um, show up, take command, do this. And they're like, how am I going to do this? And, um, It's like it's kind of a matter of knowing what your style is and then using that style to best reach the objective of of the uh, of that um, scenario that you have to face. Um,
1: Absolutely. And so one of the coolest compliments I got. um, From the captain that actually was running my captain's uh, class, so he's has a military background, he's really big into leadership, um, very structured. And so we would read these leadership books and discuss them. And he told me after the class, he said, you know, there were so many times during the class that you had a way different perspective on this issue than I did. And we talked about it. And he said, you opened my eyes to a lot of different ways of thinking. And while I may not adopt them, he said they were really good. He said, don't change who you are. Wow. And that was that was pretty neat to hear. Yeah. Because again, that, is, that was one of the things I was concerned with is and that's probably why I wasn't good in my initial role plays, because I was trying to adapt or change my personality to what I thought it should be. Right. But it already was what I, you know, I was already prepared um, just as myself to take on this role.
0: That's really good. It actually touches on, there's, um, there's a part of the book that's not, um, not currently in, in, um, in the print version, but it's something that I, I came up with just recently is like, the concept of, of the promotion playbook is you have the story, you have the seven strategies, and then you have the four skills to develop. And I, I've been thinking a lot about the story piece. And it's like, what what is the main stories that you have to go into an assessment center prepared for? And uh, it just came to me last week or the week before is like the three the three main questions you have to know is number one is who are you? Like, what are your mm-hmm. values? What are your beliefs? What's your worldview? And really knowing yourself and how that relates to the position and the department best benefit everybody involved is really paramount and so owning that part of you and being able to make that relevant towards being the best for the position in the department is really key so um, the first question that i'm starting with this new group that's or this group that's currently going through it is really to seek that out because knowing who you are is a really um it's not necessarily an easy question to answer but it's tremendously profound and i think you even mentioned it earlier in this this conversation where you said, um, you know, they're looking for who is going to be the best person. Right. Knowing the who, so number one is, is who are you? Number two is why do you want the position? And then number three is like, what have you done to prepare? Um, Is those three questions I've been emphasizing could layer in number four, which would be how, um, how are you going to perform in the role? But for now it's basically three questions. And the first one is who, so I think that's really cool that you brought that up because it's like, knowing who you are and um the relationship of who you are and and how that has the relationship with the department and the the um, community is really paramount well and the
1: you know the thing is is especially once you make the rank of captain or any sort of super supervisor position is um you know with experience and and study you can learn tactics you can learn the job but so much the biggest majority of our day is inside the station. And so it, you know, you really have to know who you are and how you're going to be inside that station with your guys, because ultimately you're there to support them. You're there to take care of them. They may want to promote. You're there to support that and help them. And so really focusing on who and your why um, is really the first step you you have to answer those before you can even move on to anything else
0: that's really good i guess yeah also who you are and then also who it is that you're called to serve which um you mentioned like like first first off if we're not taking care of our people within the station then how can they expect us to go out and serve the community at, at the highest level and um i think a lot of times some i think there there exists a gap which i'm hoping to um kind of fill that gap with with what we have in the promotion playbook is uh like get some of these things that aren't covered with like, like you can find a, a million different books on doing size ups and tactics and strategies and all that. But if you go into an assessment center and all you have is a, is a, a tool bag full of tactics, but you don't know who you are. You don't know who you um, you know, how to relate with, with your, um, the people in the community, the people within your station, it, it's not going to, it's not going to hold up very well. And I've seen that happen with a number of people where they spend all this time doing size ups and they get really good at size ups. But then they get to the size up and score high and uh but like the role play or the oral board they just end up nose diving those scenarios
1: and just to add on to that um and and again this really goes towards the position of captain or, or supervisor is if you're thinking about doing it it starts years before um before you actually test because I knew that eventually I wanted to be a captain. And so I would hold myself accountable that to gain respect of my peers, um, you know, long before my test even began, before I even signed up for the class. So whatever your role, you're in now do a good job, work hard, work well with your, your coworkers um, because they're actually doing another captain's class right now. And there's a few guys in there that have all the skills, um, But they've been kind of loose around the station, and so they're going to have a lot more to overcome as far as um, getting over that reputation, maybe being a goofball or saying some things that they know that they shouldn't have said, but they did. Um, Because you always have to imagine once you're the supervisor and these guys start doing the things that you did that you knew you shouldn't have, and then you call them out on it and they're like, well, you did it and you're a captain, so... So you got to kind of start building that reputation um, way in advance.
0: Yeah, or even worse, you continue that behavior as a captain. And just, <laughs> that's the standard of what <laughs> what's acceptable and what's not. Right. That's really good, though. Like, yeah. So it's like, and I think that's a good point to bring up because what um, you know, the point of all this, this interview, the book, the um, the systems, and and everything that's offered is like it's not it's not about the test. The test is is a means to get into the role. And um, it's, it's not, this isn't a shortcut to getting, um, getting a badge and then going off and, you know, doing it for personal reasons or gain like that. It's like, right. it's not about the badge, it's about who you become in the process. And I think it's good that you bring that up because this isn't like a shortcut to, you know, like hack your way through a, a promotional test or take some, right. it's like, hey, this is to develop the right people so that they can get through this, this um, the crucible of the test so that they can get into the position. There's so many people, this is your first captain's test, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really glad that worked out. Cause there's, there's a number of people that, um, you know, I've either worked with, or I know about, or, or there's a lot of people that are, I think every department has those guys and guys or girls that they're like, man, you would be, you'd be great at the position, but you just can't get through that stupid test. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And that, I mean, that's really the, um, the uh i guess part of my reasons for creating this is like i want to help those people that are like most people know that they would do well in the position but they just can't get through the the ding can't figure out how to win this win metaphorically win the game of an assessment center and then because of that they're stuck working for the guy that figured out some things about a test and got through it even though they they may, may not be the best person or personality so yeah, anyway, so um, so let's bring it to the last, the final piece of it. So um, there's, a ton of, there's a ton of content here, but the final piece is like you picture now that um, obviously some people are going to be looking um, because you've been able to make that rank. And so part of that comes with um, being able to pass on to those who look to follow this this path behind you or you're obviously going to have some people that are like, hey, I'm looking to test. Um, what, what would you recommend? So what are the top... Um, Top, well, what are the top things that you would tell anybody listening to this that would like to be successful at, at a promotional test, whether it be company officer or um, I guess anything? This probably um, more of a promotional test than a, an initial firefighter, but there can be some benefit to that. Sure. So, um, so what are the top things that you would pass on for anybody looking to test?
1: Well, the first one is pretty obvious, especially once you read the book, and that's figuring out your why. Because if you don't know why, then um, there's really no reason to go through it, because you don't even know why you're doing it. You know, you don't just do it for practice. Um, so this was actually something that me and Josh worked on for a solid week, you know, and I had, it, it kind of goes back to those um, those first oral board answers. They were kind of bullshit. I don't know if we can say that, but. Oh, yeah, have got to call it what it is. <laughs> so. <laughs> once I developed my why and my biggest why, I mean, there's, there's multiple layers to it, but your biggest one is going to be the one that pushes you through this testing process. That's going to get you to study and work every day. And that was my family, um, being able to take care of them financially, but, um, you know, having them be proud of who I am, um, was my biggest motive motivational factor. I got, um, four kids. So my wife is stay at home and I wanted them to be proud of me. And, What ended up being really cool was when I I got my phone call, you know, the chiefs were on the phone and gave me my congratulations, but I basically stopped and I said, hey, can I put you on speakerphone and gather my family around um, so that they can hear this too? And they said, absolutely. So my family got to hear the phone call. Um, The image that I had in my head was of my oldest son, you know, pinning my badge on me. And so those days um, when I didn't feel like doing the work, I would think about that. And um, that's what pushed me through, um, you know, some of those those rough patches of studying and just kind of getting burnt out with the whole process. Um, But the the next thing you got to think as part of your why is why do you want that position? And you have to want it for the right reasons. So, um, you know, you can't want to be a captain because you want to be the boss and boss people around. That's that's not a good reason. one of the things that I was lucky to get to do as a paramedic was I, got a, I was at a busy house. So we'd get probationary firefighters in all the time. We'd get new medics in all the time. We'd get medic students in all the time. And one of the things that I found the most enjoyable in the job was helping these guys reach their potential, working with them. And so as far as professionally, that was the biggest why I wanted, why I wanted to test the captain is um, to be a leader, help guys get to where they wanna go And help them be successful, you know, help them get to the point where they take my job, you know. Um, So and that's, again, all part of the why. Um, But but really, you have to have a clear understanding why you want this, because it's a lot of work and you're really going to expose yourself if you don't put in the work. And um, it's difficult to overcome that because you might test again. next time and they'll remember that performance you put on the first time so really dig deep within yourself and and come up with those reasons and and write them out i mean that's a big thing is write them out write out all these reasons and then uh, um, part of the book was write out all the reasons um or all the things that would be bad or not you know worse off if you didn't get the promotion because that's a motivational factor too Um, so the why is why you do want it and and what you would risk or lose if you if you didn't pass the test
0: yeah absolutely that that's yeah that's really powerful and it seems to be a common theme of um those who go through it you said the why because you're going to hit there's parts of this path that that become difficult and there's going to be days you don't want to study there's going to be times when you're going to hit setbacks you're probably going to have a role play that goes terrible and you feel like crap after and you have this doubt and this insecurity and all that comes in but if you're just like hey remember that why and for you that's that um i love hearing that story on how you're like hey can i put you on speakerphone so that my family can be around it because understanding that this promotion is more than just you being the boss or you getting a pay raise or something like that like it impacts it impacts an entire family either in your personal life or also the professional family that you have of your crew and your future crew and all that other stuff. And having, um, uh, that why, and that vision and that purpose is really, that's really profound. And that was that really, I get, um, I get like the goosebumps of hearing you tell that story of like, cause I remember talking to you in the process of your like, and you came through that and you're like, look, this comes down to like, it's, it's not about the pay increase, although that is a factor. Um, it's not about the status, it's not about bossing. Although those are a factor, like those all definitely play into it. Sure. When it comes down to it, you're like, I'm here for my wife and my kids. And that's my why. And um, my immediate family, but then also, like you said, I, I have a, a future going into in the position of mentoring these others to leave like, uh, you know, to leave an impact and uh, to leave something other than just getting that bump in pay so that you can be uh, at a higher pay scale and then get your 20 years and then retire and become cynical about the department (laughs) (laughs) yeah. or because I don't want to work for this guy. That being said, I also like how you emphasize the importance of, um, you know, that part in the book is like you have to face the reality of the potential of failure. Mm -hmm. Because if if you, when you look those directly in the face, they can drive your, your, those days when you don't want to study, you put that in front of you and it's like, Oh, I don't want to study, but I don't want to um, fail this test because, there is, there is consequence, um, of any, like it's competitive and there's consequence and it is a, it is a big deal what you're going for. Yeah, absolutely. I
1: mean, just the amount of time that I put in, in the class, I mean, I burned, you know, probably about $4,000 worth of my own PTO. So there's a financial aspect. Um, I was taking all that time away from my family. I was stressed out, which negatively affects my family. So If I was willing, I had to be willing to put in the work to face the consequences of what I was taking away during that time period. And, um, I wasn't going to sell my family short and I wasn't going to sell myself short and my crew. I had an awesome crew that was working every single day with me. And and I really owed that to them because they put in the time and energy to help me out, out also. So those are also motivational factors.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And also um, being willing to um, the other part of that is that there's a cost. Um, either way, there's going to be a cost. There's kind of like this metaphorical saying "It's like the Piper paying the Piper. I'm not sure where that comes from. I kind of like the saying of it is like the Piper is going to get paid one way or another. You can either pay it up front. And like you said, 4,000 hours plus hundreds of hours of studying and time away from your family. But with your promotion um, being successful with your promotion now, you project that out for the next 10, 20, 30 years of your life and your career. And that that uh, PTO you you paid in advance is gonna have a return for the rest of your rest of your career and the rest of your life and your family life, because in Arizona we still have the pension system. And so it's like the the fruit of victory is uh it's paid off for you. And so it's really neat to see that it, it did pay off.
1: Absolutely. And
0: say you did the test and it didn't turn out to your advantage, say for whatever reason. You know stuff happens sometimes people give it their all and they still fail um had you done that and you still remember your why it doesn't end um with the onset of adversity so say you did go all in and you committed and bam it worked out differently it doesn't mean it's the end and because you have that strong why that would just be you would fall down it would hurt it'd be painful but you'd be like look three years down yes. the road the next test from this yeah, forward, and- it's never never going to happen again so
1: that's a really good point, Josh. Um, you know, I'm fortunate to work for a department that is growing. So, you know, these promotion spots come up, you know, we add stations, um, guys retire and, you know, you may work for a department where this position only comes up once every five years and you got 15 people testing for one spot. So just because you didn't test one, you didn't get that spot doesn't mean it was the failure. As long as you can be honest with yourself and know that you put in the work.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so part of, part of that is, is, um, setting up the, the win is that you, you show up and you know that you gave it hundred yep. percent because the outcome's not it, the outcome's ultimately not in our control. I know, I know people who, um, you know, they test and it doesn't work out despite them making the commitment to it. But a couple of years later, they end up getting a promotion and it works out way better. Or just understanding that there's always bigger things at play. So you can't control, ultimately, you don't have control of the outcome. But I think it was Coach John Wooden who would say, um, like he'd never tell his team to look at the scoreboard. He just said, go out there and give it 100%. And regardless of the score, if you gave it your all, then it's a victory. And he also won more championships than anybody else as a result. So, okay, good. So, um, so uh, anything else? So you would mentioned uh, the why. Previously, you mentioned the who, which I think those two go together really well. Is like who you are and why you want it? Um, anything else that you'd pass on? Um,
1: yeah, you know, one of the big takeaways from this that um, there's going to be a lot of um, points in this that you're going to feel really uncomfortable, especially if you're doing it the right way. Um, some of the, the things that I learned Um, through the interview process and, um, and opening myself up, I was telling stories about how I became who I am that were very personal, but I was able to relate those to how it it helped me grow to the person I am today. And it was almost more nerve wracking doing those interview questions with my crew, because they're my peers than it was on the actual chief's interview. Um, but it's going to make you uncomfortable. And that's just part of the process. So no, and, and it is emotionally draining at a certain point, but that's part of the process, and that's going to help you grow. Not only you know as a person, but it, um, you know as, as a as a firefighter and um, a crew member. Um, There's actually a question because you know PTSD is a real big topic in the fire service, and you know if you'd asked me 10 years ago what I thought about that, I'd probably tell you to suck it up. But having grown and learned, um, there was a call I had and it wasn't a death, but there's a little girl that got basically her face bit off by her dog. And so they, they asked me how I'd handle that.
0: And I got emotional.
1: And then, I, I mean, I have the fire chief sit in front of me and I'm almost in tears talking about this. Um, but if I hadn't gone through this process, I wouldn't have opened up to them that way or opened up to myself that way and that's that's the type of people that they want to promote they want to know who you are before they promote you so just recognizing that that beyond all the the stress and the tiredness that there's going to be um points where um it's emotionally draining um that but it is part of it and it'll help you grow
0: right yeah i think that's a really key takeaway because i know um you know, um, we kind of get this stigma of how we think chiefs are and how company officers are. And we're like, we have to show up and we have to have our our class A on and we have to be buttoned up and our life. Everything has to be perfect for us to fit into this role. And, um, you know, we show up and we do our best. Uh, That being said, everybody in this organization is human and we all have our, our shortcomings and our insecurities and our failures our emotional stuff that we're dealing with and so um i think showing up and uh you know something we talk about a lot is is like when you do an interview when you do a test um or just in life don't show up wearing a mask having to be someone that you're not like being uh we say this which was taken from the warrior book is say be real uh be raw and stay relevant towards the results so you're real. You're like look this is where i am if I'm dealing with, with a, a young girl who got her face bit off by a dog, this is an emotional thing. And on scene, um, you know, you're you probably gonna do what you're trained to do on scene, but afterwards, like if you can't sit around and, and share emotion and be authentic with where everybody's at with that, um, it's kind of a big gap in, the, in the, um, that the fire service, I think is maturing in a lot of ways of being able to um, process this emotional um, experiences that we're expected to face. And if you just stuff it down and pretend that nothing's ever gets to you, you kind of show up stoic and can never, um, you know, express your setbacks or your, your challenges, your hurts. You're not going to score as well as if you can create um, that emotional connection with the audience and um, doing that a a really good way to do that is by the stories that you're able to tell. But then also what you've said too, is that you got to keep it relevant towards the position. If you show up an oral board and start crying because you had some. (laughs) in the past or, or had a real tough upbringing or, you know, some, some uh, bad life experience and you sit there and cry for 20 minutes on an oral board, it's not going to help you. But if you can access that emotion, share that adversity and be like, look, because I had this loss, because I faced this, because um, I had this childhood experience or what, whatever um, this call I ran on, um, because of that, I've grown from it and it's going to make me the best company officer because the people that I'm called to lead all have this stuff they're dealing with. And um, I found I've found that I've been able to navigate it or, you know, whatever your story is, like I've been able to na- navigate it. And I've also realized that I don't have all the answers and I'm going to rely heavily on my crew to, to pull together and solve it as a, um, you know, as a crew and as a team and not just me have all the answers. Like not showing up is like, like I think one of the facades is that as a company officer, you suddenly have to have all the answers or, or something that doesn't do well, which so, well, be vulnerable. being vulnerable, I guess, is one of them. all that, that I'm kind of pointing towards.
1: Yeah. And um, just to add on to that, just um, I, I think I mentioned I worked my first shift as a captain yesterday. Well, my firefighter just hit his 20 years. My engineer is at like 23 years in the drop. My paramedic is at 24 years and has 11 months left. So, for me to go in there and pretend that I know more than them is asinine. Um, so, and that's what I told them day one is, listen, I'm going to rely on you guys. You guys have worked this first do longer than me. You have a wealth of knowledge. So, um, so I'm going to rely on you and I don't have all the answers and, but having that humility to be able to, to say that I think is really important.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's good. And then also you had mentioned too, as I think a chief had told you, be like, um, oh, being being humble but at the same time owning the fact that you've done all this work to get there like you belong in that captain role if they if all their experience had led them to be a captain then they would have tested and they would have made it and so it's like owning where you are that doesn't take doesn't mean you just show up and lay over it's like hey look I've, i've i've paid the piper i've done the work and i'm here to be um your guys captain at the same time we're a unit it's not all up to me so um I'm going to rely on you guys and uh, there's going to be a time when I rely on you and other times you're just going to have to trust my judgment. Absolutely. Good. So uh, anything else to, uh, bring, it to clo- bring it to a close before um, we bring it to a close? Not that I can think of. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Dylan. I really appreciate it. And I think there's a ton of uh, tremendous value here And anybody listening. And I think there's a lot of, uh, I think what you shared is a lot of um, more coming from the heart as opposed to just like tactics and, and head stuff. And I think it's really important to grasp a lot of what you shared. And also the fact that you, you know, you obviously understand the tactics because you made it through all the stuff to get there. So. right, Yeah, and I don't
1: want to underestimate all that. Um, you know, and again, we're fortunate to be blue card and we put in the time and we have, um, you know, the uh, assessment centers and the sim labs and, and so, don't get me wrong. That's hugely beneficial. And I, I mean, that's, you have to know that stuff. I mean, you, if, if you don't know that stuff, then you're not ready. Um, but for me getting to the, um, the other stuff was probably the more difficult thing because it's not cut and dry. It's not something I can read in a book. It's not something I could, um, you know, learn from a training video. It was something that I had to do within myself to learn. And, um, and that's, Probably what helped me get through.
0: Right. Yeah, and I remember hearing that from a lot of my mentors. Is um, it, people stress out a lot about the emergency scenes because you picture all the bad stuff that could happen. And I've heard from a lot of a lot of uh, my mentors would be like, "Look, it's not the uh, the hardest part about a company officer is not the emergency scenes. It's all the stuff that happens around the station and all the other personnel stuff." Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty pretty given for any situations managing people the right way and working through those those gray areas is probably the most challenging thing to the position and like you mentioned knowing who you are knowing why you're there is really gives you those foundational things to navigate those challenges and do 100
1: and and i mean that's just another thing being honest with yourself is i mean are you, do you have enough experience to be testing for this position also? And that's actually why I waited as long as I did. There's guys that have far less time that became captains before me. But for me personally, I wanted to know that I had the experience before I went into that. And the times that I was acting up in the captain's role or even yesterday, there would be times that we would get a call and I'm like, Oh, thank God. It's something that I know how to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but inside the station is, is this is where the learning process is for me.
0: You know? Yeah. Well, good. So, for the sake of time, I'm going to bring this to a close. So, I'm going to end the recording. um, And uh, so, I'll hit this on the recording. So, thank you all for listening. I hope it's beneficial. Find out more. You can get the promotion playbook on Amazon, or you can go to promotionplaybook.com where I have more resources to share with you. Or if you're listening to this um, on another format, you can subscribe and continue um, to follow us for the content. So, thanks again. And thank you, Captain Dylan Lee, for sharing. And we'll talk to you guys later.